0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast episode. But before we get into it, we have a little bit of a request. We want to feature some of your stories in an upcoming podcast episode. We'd like to ask you guys to send in voice memos of some stories or personal experiences that you had growing up where you felt distanced from your culture. For example, when I was growing up, a classmate made fun of my lunch and as a result I ended up really distanced from Persian cuisine in that sense. So just any kind of stories like really specific stories about uh, a time where you felt really distanced from your culture. We'd really love to feature your story in an upcoming episode so please feel free to visit anchor.fm slash failures and click the message button to send in a voice message or just DM us an audio clip on Instagram. Now on to the episode.
1: Today Eileen and I have decided to talk about something that's not only very relevant to today's case, but something that a lot of people don't know much about, a phrase that's been thrown around all the time. And we're, today we're going to be talking about defunding the police and what it really means.
0: Right, so I have a question for you, Trisha. What does defunding the police really mean? What were some of The common misconceptions, or even your own misconceptions, that you had when you heard that phrase defunding the police.
1: When you first talked to me about it, I was like, No, we shouldn't defund the police. Why would you take all the money away from the police? But as I learned, that is a misconception. When people talk about defunding the police, they don't mean taking away all the funding, they mean diverting some of the funds to other places.
0: Right. So many people think that defunding the police means completely abolishing the police system, like complete anarchy and chaos in that sense. But what does it really mean? According to the Brookings Institution on Public Policy, defund the police means reallocating or redirecting funding away from the police department to other government agencies funded by the local municipality. It's really that simple. So what it really means is just taking money away from funding the police or the sheriff's office or whatever you have there and allocating it to the people, essentially, just giving more money to social programs and the people. George Floyd's death has really strengthened this idea that we need to move towards defunding the police, an idea that was previously viewed as radical and kind of against the grain, which we're going to go into. So Tusha, I have a question. Why should we even defund the police?
1: Statistically looking at it, about nine of the 10 calls made for the police are usually for non violent crimes. It's a problem that police are sent to these scenes because most of the time the police are trained in using force and not really de-escalating situations as that's really all it takes for most of these scenarios. Their aggression oftentimes does breed more aggression or disdain for
0: the police and these communities. Yeah, so it's, I think it's very like problematic that um, police are often trained to deal with worst-case scenarios or use-of-force tactics because that's not what conflict resolution is really all about. You shouldn't fight aggression with aggression. And I think that it's really stupid that our police often come to these scenes with a very kind of defense like fight kind of mindset which is definitely not the way that we should be training our police but that's a different topic because as we're going to talk about later police reform has failed time and time again so that's not really a viable path to go down but a lot of times they just aren't trained in simple things such as conversation with aggressors or even just civilians this makes nonviolent situations often turn rotten and often dangerous for those involved, especially members of the Black community.
1: So a lot of times, police officers are dispatched for work that social workers should be doing. For example, if you see a homeless man on the bench, someone might be like, oh, this is like an obstructionist society or something, and call the police. Why would you really call the police, though? All he's doing is sleeping on a public place that our tax money pays for, It might shake him up a little bit, get him a background check, and a pair of handcuffs, but really, it's pointless. Police officers are not trained in social work because they're not social workers. They do nothing for those in need of mental health, resources, job, social safety,
0: or housing programs.
1: Yet, almost even 100% of the time, the police department is the only one that has enough funding to address these problems.
0: That's a really good point. What does calling the police on a homeless man even do for him? You're right, like it might shake him up or like get him a little bit in trouble for something as simple as trying to find somewhere to sleep at night. But I think that there is a much better way to use that taxpayer money. Their taxpayers are pouring money into their police departments who are often escalating the situation rather than de-escalating or correcting it because they're sent to do jobs that social workers are supposed to be doing. A particularly interesting case of this is in Skid Row. In Los Angeles, if you don't know what Skid Row is, it's like this area of, of Los Angeles where it's pretty much just homeless settlement. Um, as someone that's lived in Los Angeles before, like I've I've seen it, and it's it's a, it's pretty big. It's I think it's one of the largest home homeless, I guess like residences, pretty much in the United States, I believe. But a particularly interesting case of this is Skid Row residents' encounters with the LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department. Many of them have been incarcerated as a result of the overfunding of the police. That's pretty much what it is. It's just the overfunding of the police. And you can read more about this in some articles that we've linked below. But something that was really interesting in one of the articles I read about it is that about one in four of the residents of Skid Row, the homeless residents of Skid Row, have some sort of mental health issue that they really need addressed through some social work or some resources or just a, someone to reach out to and just attention in that, in that sense. But... Often what they get is just a pair of handcuffs and some time in jail or prison. And that really just I don't see how that is a good way to use taxpayer money or even how is that even good for the other person? I sincerely don't see where that goes right, I guess.
1: I definitely agree with you. I think that a lot of times situations can be de-escalated just by talking to the person, trying to reason with them, because a lot of times police do pull out guns when they don't need to, or even the mere sight of a gun can really scare someone. But when these over-policing programs don't work, local politicians or city governments really feel obliged to pour more funds in the form of policing at the problem, making it worse. Oftentimes, it becomes a cycle of politicians trying to get elected and... promising to change problems that only they think the police can solve so they pay police in hopes that they'll be more effective police are not effective they pay more money in hopes that police will be and it just goes on and on and on while the real problems get worse and worse
0: Yeah, you're right. It becomes an endless cycle of pouring taxpayer money down the drain while the real underlying problems just get worse and worse. More than a 1,000 men, women, and children are killed by U.S. police every year and thousands more are abused. That's funny. I thought they were supposed to protect us. Exactly. Like, it's just fueling a broken system. And that in no way is ever going to work. So in many ways, policing is putting a Band-Aid on a knife wound. You can't expect a system that was built on the foundation of literally capturing runaway slaves to better the lives of those who need it. That's just not a system that is fundamentally correct. And it's it's often perpetuating really racist ideals and just kind of aggression towards its own civilians. So where can the money go instead, Trejo? Where can we put this money that we are hypothetically taking out of policing? Where can that go? What can that make better? So
1: as we've said time and time again... Educating yourself is one of the best long-term impacts you can have on a problem. So of course, one of the top ways that the money can go into is education. Paying teachers more, paying counselors more, giving public school more money, because I guarantee you, it's only gonna do good. Like, teachers are not paid as much. If you think about it, when there's more teachers that love what they do, I guarantee crime rates are going to lower in the future. And although it's not an immediate change, it's something that really will benefit our citizens in the long run.
0: Yes, like you hear all those stories about how people really get inspired by teachers because teachers are really just the mentors. In a lot of communities, a good teacher can be enough for a child to set themselves up for success in the future. Like teachers and counselors are really crucial for this. And it's important to realize that it isn't even just for um, public schooling. It, teachers and counselors are also required for s- several adults that may need help in the communities as well for those um, looking for higher education or just counselors to help some people who might have had a really, really difficult life. Money can also go towards health care, housing, employment opportunities, community revitalization, social services, mental health services which is a big issue because we need to decriminalize mental health and provide more restorative services to civilians, and alternate emergency response programs, preventing military weapon use against a country's own citizens.
1: I agree. And going back to healthcare, think about the time when the pandemic started and healthcare workers, at least in Jacksonville, had to beg people to donate because they didn't have enough money for masks.
0: It was really telling of the way that we prioritize our money when we saw all those uh, riot police in head-to-toe protective care when we couldn't even offer that to our own medical professionals when we had to beg people for donations to protect our healthcare workers that are actually trying to save people's lives instead of throw tear gas at them it was really telling of our communities and we really need to step up and try to actually figure out where these really underlying problems are so that we could fix them because that's not okay in my mind. Investing in the people as opposed to harmful policing is the obvious answer for me. I don't even think there's any other doubt about it. I don't think it's being idealistic to say that if we pour more money into helping people from the ground up instead of essentially, again, trying to put a band-aid on a knife wound, we can really better society. And I don't don't think that's idealistic. I just think that's logical.
1: To give you some statistics to you know put things in perspective jacksonville florida budgets around 360 million dollars for the jacksonville sheriff's office the jso which doesn't include a separate fund for fire and rescue our mayor lenny curry has also proposed a 42 million dollar increase for the upcoming year now to put this in perspective libraries only get 34 million dollars Compared to 360, which may even become like 400 next year, who knows? And $6 million for construction, planning, and development. Keep in mind, some highways have been in construction for over 10 years in Jack's.
0: So it's just crazy. And realize that this $360 million is 49.2% of the entire city budget the whole city's budget is just essentially getting poured into the Jacksonville Sheriff's office, which is just 49%. Are you kidding? That's that's not even as bad as a lot of other cities, but that's crazy. This system needs to gear more towards prevention rather than treatment. If you can prevent it from the ground up, it's so much easier to treat it. If you know what I'm saying, like it's so much easier to prevent cancer than it is to treat it. So why should we treat this problem any differently? I want to share a quote that I read from Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. He said that the hood made me realize that crime succeeds because crime does the one thing the government doesn't do. Crime cares. Crime is grassroots. Crime looks for the young kids who need support and a lifting hand crime offers internship programs and summer jobs and opportunities for advancement crime gets involved in the community and crime doesn't discriminate and i thought that was really powerful because it really shows that and for a lot of people crime does what the government doesn't do and what the government promises to do but doesn't actually fulfill so that i think is really telling of the way that the system needs to be fixed from the ground up
1: really like that quote and i think it applies to our situation perfectly Moving on to one of the examples that we found, we like to call the perfect experiment, Camden, New Jersey. So this was the first city in America to abolish the police, which has led to many positive results. At one point, Camden, New Jersey had a murder rate on par with Honduras, meaning that in 2010, it was one of the most dangerous cities in America. Now the city enjoys overall residential satisfaction because of lower homicide rates. And lower excessive use of force rates. Police are now welcomed at many neighborhood block parties, and even Police Chief Weisaki, sorry if I said that wrong, agrees this was a
0: necessary step taken. And although this has taken quite some time, like it is kind of a progressive improvement to the system. This city is living proof that with motivation and dedication, things can and should change. It really emphasizes how when people feel that the police are fighting against them, they will fight back. Too many innocent civilians, especially our Black citizens, have lost their lives in this fight, this pointless fight. I saw this Trump ad recently while I was watching YouTube, and it had me appalled. You can look it up. Just look up like Defunding the Police Trump advertisement. And it was essentially this woman sitting in her house and there was a burglar coming in and she was calling the police and the final like cut was that she like the phone like fell on the ground and the the other end was saying like sorry we don't have enough money to actually send you any police officers that is such like that's not what's going to happen if you decrease police funding from 49% of the city's budget to maybe only like 20 you're not going to die do you, you see what I'm saying like the thing is that we we just have too much police enforcement. We don't need this much. Like, why are we fighting so much against own citizens? Crime rates will go down because a lot less criminal activity actually happens in my mind. A lot of the arrests that happen are not even for legitimate reasons. I've heard countless stories of people being, especially black citizens, being pulled over because, like, one of their headlights wasn't on, like, and being handcuffed and, like, jailed for that, which is a ra- which is racist at heart. But also, that's stupid. Like, that's not actually a real crime. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's so much excessive use of force so regularly in our society that it has become so normalized, and we just need to fix it. In Camden, New Jersey, the, the I don't think the police were abolished; they were just defunded. So that's mm-hmm. that's a big big thing to remember too.
1: Yeah, oftentimes you see that like some white male raped a girl and gets off on maybe two years of a sentence. And then you see black males who maybe robbed a convenience store or not even robbed, maybe just stole one item and they're in jail for like 10, 15 years. And I mean, in what world does that make sense? The heart of the problem is police and our justice system. But if um, we don't get our society to see the point of this, it's not going to help.
0: Right. And that whole concept that you talked about, about like, The differences in incarceration or just the differences in um, how we sentence and arrest civilians of different races and different backgrounds, very much so like linked to this as well. But Trisha, I have a a question. Why should we defund the police and not reform it? What about police reform? Why can't we just teach police officers to, you know, be better and teach them how to address the situation in a better manner? Why don't we just do that? Obviously,
1: this sounds like the simpler solution,
0: police reform, but I gotta
1: tell you, it doesn't really work. We've tried police reform. Since 2013, police have been killing innocent civilians at the same rates, despite efforts to throw even more money at the problem. Pouring more resources at a system that makes millions of Americans feel unsafe is not a program we should support. At what point do we just say, this is futile, it's not going to work, and really work on another angle? Because time is money. You you can't just sit here being like, oh well, someone's gonna do something. Or with time they'll learn. Because do you really think a life is worth time? I don't. You you have to think about it in the broader terms of you need to make changes now because if you don't make them now, when are you really gonna have time to make them?
0: Right. So that was our episode on defunding the police. Obviously, we did take quite a. Um, supportive stand of defunding the police but I hope you understand like why we support it and why um we think that it is a something that we should really look into as a a nation and as um just a community we should really look into defunding the police and we're really glad that you listened all the way through thank you so much we appreciate you greatly um in our description we will have a lot of resources for obviously first and foremost black lives matter Um, how you can donate sign petitions any resources you need down there and um, a series of articles that we have if you would like to read more into this um, concept of defunding the police and the many different ways that it's worked hasn't worked whatever we have a lot of um, articles below that you can link to and read if you'd like so thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast
1: and make sure to send us a voice memo to be featured on one of our upcoming episodes. We would really love to feature our supporters and it would be, you know, pretty cool to get some new insight from people other than me and Eileen.
0: <laughs> yes, we would love to hear your story and love to hear your voice. Please follow us on Instagram at FirstGenFailures. Um rate us on Apple Podcasts if you did enjoy it. We would really appreciate a review and a rating. This podcast is offered on all podcast streaming platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, all these different podcast platforms. If it's there, we're probably on it. Lastly, if you do not have a podcast streaming platform that you can listen to our podcast to, remember that we do upload every episode onto YouTube. Just look up First Gen Failures and we will be right there. So see you guys next week, next Friday, every Friday at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And bye-bye.